You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello, and welcome back to Blank Scenario Halloween Edition. Ooh. I need a better spooky ghost voice. <laughs> <laughs> There, there you yeah, that's a better one yeah this is why we have dave on dave welcome back to the show <laughs> hey nice to see you guys again so we brought back dave the uh creator of the hateful place rpg uh, to help me and casey come up with a spooky halloween scenario for everyone i'm just gonna say dave you win the beard war legit yeah. that is a legit beard you got going on there well, i'm gonna grow it long enough and i'm gonna shave it off and i'm gonna glue it on top of my head okay <laughs> there you go I didn't know if it was your intent, but you got a real like strong start to a Kratos cosplay going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the gray and the red face paint, you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like that. I can go with that. <laughs> uh, we're not doing costumes this episode, unfortunately. Sad. The audience doesn't know that we're not. We don't I mean, have to let true. them know that's that. That's true. So that's full fine. on cosplay every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be so much work for sitting down for an hour. <laughs> Even at a convention, that's still so much work. I, I'm amazed by it. Yeah, they they take that very seriously, don't they? They put mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of work into all that kind of stuff. And I have derailed us <laughs> instantly. <laughs> so I'll get us back on topic. So this week, I have a prompt that was actually from earlier this year in the newspaper. <laughs> Welcome to Fort Worth. <laughs> there was a house that was being advertised. It is a colonial style 1800s house been renovated very nice looking needs some work eight hundred thousand dollars that's you know not too bad for the housing market in april but there's a um there's a person living in the basement who does not pay rent and you cannot kick out that was in the ad for the house there's no explanation about this person there's nothing to say why this person they just there's a person living in the basement they don't pay rent and you can't kick them out and usually you have the horror stories of the house where something's living inside of it but you're not usually told that up front i have questions (laughs) so did everyone else i have many questions (laughs) isn't there a law in the united states that you have to reveal if the house is haunted or whether something bad happened there yeah there is it goes on the market that way just so that people know whenever they're buying into it because we are not that they're not over in Europe, but we are very <laughs> suspicious people here mm-hmm. and superstitious people here. But Which... I believe to be superstitious is bad luck. So I am not superstitious. <laughs> yeah. So if you're buying a house in Amityville, I mean, there's a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Was a chance. You... Possessed? <laughs> yeah, there's a chance you've, you've heard of that one. So you're going to mm. probably ask questions over the, the realtor. Yeah. Well, even at that, there are some. For some, that's a, a boon to be able to have a place where something like that has happened, especially if they're really super into like ghosts and goblins and ghouls and believers and all of that, then they're going to want to own a place where they can have that mm-hmm. potential contact with the other side. But what this brings to mind instantly for me is the idea. Have you ever watched the Babadook? Yeah. Okay. And after effect, after the Babadook ends, if you have this creature that's still living in the basement that Perhaps the family that lived there either has passed on or has vanished somehow and this place has gone on the market. And to everybody that's there, this thing is, um, this thing exists, but they don't truly understand what it is. That reminds me of the autopsy of Jane Doe, 
that was a good movie. Oh, and I haven't that seen yet. That's that's worth seeing because, of course, the her, the body of the witch is in the basement, mm-hmm. and they accidentally dig it up. Um, that's never good. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> if in doubt, just leave it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but um, yeah, because I mean, in so many horror films, it's normal. It's in the attic, isn't it? There's something in the attic, like with Sister. Yeah. The projector and all the footage is up in the attic, and in The Exorcist, it's in the attic. You know, they yeah. think it's squirrels, but of course mm-hmm. it's not. Um, so it's like, don't go in the attic. Uh, Black Christmas, of course, the the, the original. Yeah. She's up in the attic, and that's a that's still one of the creepiest <laughs> things going. You know, <laughs> her in that rocking chair. Yeah, um, but the basement, because I think basements i think that's the one thing we're jealous of of american properties because every house over in america seems to have a basement whereas of course we don't over here um certain old houses will have cellars Mm -hmm. but the the idea that you've got your kind of homer simpson size basement Mm -hmm. um is fantastic but yeah of course if you're of that sort of ilk of being crazy the basement's where you're going to keep it one thing that you pointed out in both of your examples that occurred to me that would be fantastic to add in here is the idea that legally, you mentioned the deal with um, what if legally we're required to reveal it. Also, what if legally they're required to have somebody living there? It, it's a forced um, it's a forced time clock on what all is going to end up going on, because if they don't get someone in there soon, worse things are going to happen. Mm, like someone has to own the house so the person can't take it over or they have to stay in the basement. Yeah, there was... um, Oh, it was with the autopsy of Jane Doe whenever you were talking about that. Yeah, they uncover this body. Well, legally, they can't just leave a body in the basement. (laughs) Even though that's the best thing that probably could have happened had they decided Mm -hmm. to do that. But legally, they're required to dig it up. Legally, they're required to move it out. Legally, all of this stuff is what's causing all these problems. So what if that's our either inciting incident or our time clock mm-hmm. is that legally speaking, this is something that has to happen. So it may have been, you know, we've got this advertisement that may have been put out for adventurers to find a new hub, find a new home <laughs> kind of thing. And it's been put up at first as a, Hey, here's the ad that's gone out. And because I've gotten no takers now it's, t- it's kicked up a notch to something else. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause over here, there's a, I think there's a property law. That people buy certain houses, mm-hmm. and there's a sitting tenant, as, they, as they're called, who've got a set deal in terms of rent and, mm-hmm. and that space, so you can't just throw them out. Mm-hmm. Now, from a horror perspective, of course, it's a bit like, I can't remember if it was, not Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, but it was all in Peter Cushing and... Um, He's the nice old man who who makes toys for children, and the rich man that lives opposite, the son wants to get him get him out, mm-hmm. so that they can buy the property, and so they they create a, a whole bunch of lies, at which ends up with Cushing taking his own life, but then of course coming back as something of the undead, to seek revenge hmm. upon uh, this horrible uh, family opposite. So it's like, if you've got someone in the basement, is that someone that refuses to leave because they have claims on that property? Mm-hmm. And if they do, you're going to want to get rid of them. But if you get rid of them, 
if they're of a certain kind of personality, they're going to they're going to curse you, and they're going to mm-hmm. curse the house as well. One thing that strikes me is the idea of possession. Almost with this, it's the idea of who owns what, um, and especially when you think of big colonial houses, those things are huge. Mm. So, I mean, even like in the south down. Um, over here in the States, you'd have the colonial house, you'd have the servants' quarters, you'd have guest rooms. Yeah. So having an area that in modern times was kind of sectioned off as like a renter space would make sense. Um, kind of like an Airbnb situation. Like this is where people can rent and we're just going to have someone in the back and they're fine. So something or someone's been kind of regulated that area, they are renting that space specifically, not the house. That house is fine, but that corner where they live isn't. So as long as someone owns the house, they can't take the rest of it. This is why Burton, of course, comes up with a comedic take of that in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Because, mm-hmm. of course, they're stuck in that house and can't leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay until someone else comes yep. to... Somebody else with no taste whatsoever turns up and starts <laughs> yeah. trying, to ch- trying, trying to change the house around. If we're talking comedies, as you were describing the Peter Cushing's one, I, I need to watch that. There's one that came out back in like the early 2000s that was a Drew Barrymore and Ben Stiller film that was a pure comedy called Duplex. And it was the same concept that there was an old lady that lived upstairs that they couldn't own the entire house. They could only own the downstairs section, but they had bought the building. And until she either left or died, they could not completely own the house. And essentially, I'm going to spoil, you know, spoiler alert for 20 plus year old movie. (laughs) That's okay. By the end of this, they've essentially home alone this whole thing, trying to <laughs> traps and set everything up just to eventually either scare her or bump her off. And they decide that they're going to move out. And at the last time that they decide they're going to move out, they go upstairs and she's dead. So at this point, they've decided they're already going to move. They leave and um, sell the property back to the original owner at a lowered price, the original realtor. Well, the lady's not actually dead. It's all a ploy on them uh, just to, to make some money. And it would be interesting to take it in that direction. Um, it, it doesn't have to be comedic, but essentially you've got this side that is basically turned their house into that idea of the haunted house. We're going to put you in here. We're going to put you through some stuff. And then we're going to come out on the back end with extra funds mm-hmm. as well as a possibility. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Especially, I mean, these days, it's like everybody seems to want to be in a reality TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody wants to sort of film their life. Everybody wants to sort of turn their life into a soap opera so they can become famous and mm-hmm. a quote unquote influencer. Yeah. They've got their dog in it. They've got their kids in <laughs> it. They've got them in mm-hmm. it. And then even people on the news who are having <laughs> tragedies happen. Are doing exactly the same thing. It's like the, mm-hmm. the, the necessity to turn into, and that's the kind of the dark side of it. And if you've got someone that's in a, you know, there's someone in the basement. Okay, well, is it a real person? Is it a dead person? You know, is it a ghost? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the fundamental kind of question. Is it is it someone that you think is alive that isn't? Is it someone you think isn't alive but is? So therefore, is it a big con by them in the basement? I don't have the answer to this right now. These are just kind of questions. Yeah. I'm oh, no, that, that's out. fine. I love the idea of having 
sort of like an undead person, someone who's been alive too long that is technically dead. You just don't realize it yet. But they are trying to basically keep their rent. Yeah, they're trying to just keep their rent as it is. They don't want to move. They don't want to leave. They don't want to pass on yet. And the person is trying to keep the house. But in order to stay in the house, that's make sure they don't get kicked out. So they're causing the person who bought the house to default on payments by messing with stuff, not getting to the bank, messing with their accounts, messing with like property damage that they pay for. So they're basically just doing everything they can to keep the person from really being able to own the house so they can never be kicked out. That's cool. I like that. And you can also, I mean, an, an alternate version is, of course, if what if the person in the basement is a vampire? Because mm, that's yeah. where they live. They live, in, yeah. they live in the basement. And if they've lived there for like 400 years, then it's a family property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they're not going to, they could be really difficult to like, I'm not going to leave. You know, I, I, I mm-hmm. like this place. It's got a great view. It's quiet. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's a nice neighborhood. The people are friendly. Mm-hmm. Those are those that I haven't killed. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> and, and but this yes. is a town, so there's enough people randomly well, coming through to go missing. Now, now that's a thought too. If you've ever watched, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the Swedish version. I think it's the "Let the Right One In, Not Let Me In." Yeah, um, that's right. The original is. They're both nice, but the original, I think, is, oh, is yeah. really fantastic. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Having seen both of them, um, but the the idea maybe that's what they have people moving into this place for if it's a vampire your job is to be a caretaker for this place you're going to be told that you own it but your your job is to be caretaker to ensure that this vampire is getting what he needs when he needs it right right and like that, that yeah, you yeah. can play that as dark and macabre or as lighthearted as you want it to but i i like that idea is this the what we do in the shadows no what's the one with the to keep um taika watiti it yeah. is you're thinking of what we do in the shadows so the basic idea of let the right one in is you have this vampire that's been around for centuries was made, I think either back in the medieval times or back in the Renaissance. I can never remember which, but has been around for centuries and every, and is, and is, and is a man spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but is presented as a young girl. Because mm-hmm. of the long hair that you can't mm-hmm. change because you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. But because of the fact that it's a vampire that's a child it needs a caretaker mm-hmm. and it's a caretaker that has to change out every so many years because they grow up yeah and so you've got this vampire that's moved into this apartment complex that looks like a child and begins to befriend a child and that would be i mean legit if you had a kid living in the basement and that's the <laughs> tenant you can't kick out that's yeah. a, legit that's the direction i'm taking i'm just saying <laughs> yeah right i'm with locking that in that there's a immortal child whether it's vampire ghost whatever yeah there's a mortal child in basement that you're now caretaker for yeah we had a... the right guest come on i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was also thinking i watched the um interview with the vampire mm. the original one not the because i think they're supposed to be remaking that on the show at some point yeah but I watched it, and they have the little girl they change into a vampire, and all the problems she has. That's right. And, you know, they have to eventually find someone that can care for her who won't age. Yeah, she's totally screwed up, isn't she? Because I mean, she's mm-hmm. like, they just want her to like have little dolls and yeah, yeah. So keep sad. her hair the same, and she wants to be an adult. And mm-hmm. every nanny they get for her, she kills them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's that it's that tragedy of never being able to sort of to grow up. So she becomes a kind of a burden to them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, well, certainly to to Tom Cruise. I mean, she's, yeah. just, he hates kids anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. The, as a character <laughs> in that film. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. If you, if you inherit a house and there's a, there's a child in the basement, children in horror, I think are always kind of immensely creepy. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, sort of village of the damned or children of the corn. Yeah. That's or, the one I was thinking. Or orphan. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> Any anything that sort of involves child horror, of course, is it's always been a huge sort of aspect. Um, Pet Cemetery, of course. Oh, I'm yeah. Think, I'm thinking the book, not neither of the films, but the 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 book. It's just it's monkey. It's a monkey poor story, isn't it? So I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's immensely sort of creepy. The idea of bringing back someone that you love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's not them. Yeah, it's the shell, and within that is something really quite horrific. Yeah, um, and that sort of makes me think: if did whoever owned the house, if it was a child in in the basement, was it their child? Mm-hmm. Were they able to mm-hmm. bring it back in some way? And then she was the one that actually ended up destroying them, and is now sort of stuck in the basement of what she knew or he knew was a childhood home so it's actually just a sort of a prison now pulling from yet another film (laughs) um (laughs) there is the idea of the boy from the movie the boy Mm -hmm. there is the idea of the boy that you have these adults that have left this house they've left the the puppet in charge um that this girl is taking care of and the next time that you see them this couple that has supposedly left on this business trip and are planning on coming back are going into a lake to drown themselves. So it could very well be that in, in regard to what you're saying, instead of the creature destroying them, it was the mere idea of keeping this thing alive, just ate them up inside to the point that they're just not around anymore. Yeah. I was thinking that too, the idea of if you're caretaking something that is essentially a child, whether it is, just physically looks like a child or also mentally acts like a child mm-hmm. you have to make sure it does not get out of control so that mm. might be why you need someone who lives here is this child will stay in the basement as long as the child is taken care of is given what they need doesn't have any problems but as soon as they leave or are left alone they don't know what they'll do you know if this is a ghost if this is a vampire if it's a demon that's a lot of power in the hands of something that technically doesn't understand so they need someone there to basically keep the child in line. So I love the conversation. I feel like we have <laughs> solidly established what the potential problem is. So how are we introducing our players into all of this? Are we having them as tenants? Are we having them looking as purchasers of this? Is this something that the town has hired them on to be? And if so, what has the town told them about all of this? Like, what direction are we wanting to take that? I think most suggestion. I mean would be they bought the house because if you bought the house you're stuck with it yeah but also if you bought the house this is your dream and this could be their first house mm-hmm. so it's their it's it's your dream house yeah and there's all these things that you're you're projecting onto this property it's gonna be this it's gonna be that and they've got all these plans but of course the house contains this problem and they can't just suddenly if they were tenants they can just like sort of move out Mm -hmm. but if you bought it you're stuck with it yeah 
And if there's a potential problem with the house, you're going to find it difficult to sell. Mm -hmm. So it becomes from a dream, it becomes an anchor. I think that works too, because they gave me told there's someone living in the basement who's a tenant. You don't have to worry about them. They move in and after they've moved in, all of a sudden someone comes up from downstairs and it's a kid. Yeah. And this kid can't leave the property. They try even they're stuck with it. They don't understand the nature of this child. For me, it would be more interesting to run this like a Kevin McAllister that they're told not that there's a tenant, but that there's a family that lives in the basement. And the only one that you keep seeing is the kid. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that would be if you said like there's there's tenants downstairs, they pay rent, they're fine. Or they don't pay rent, but they're like grandfather dinner or something like they just yeah. they keep themselves, they keep it clean down there. And you just randomly see someone popping up occasionally, especially if you give your players a family aspect of all of you are the same family. So mm -hmm. we're going to have mom, dad, grandkids, grandma, aunt, uncles, whoever wants to live there. All of you are going to be related. And at least one person is playing a child. I'm wondering if they kind of in, in modern in modern times, I think if people are buying a house. And the idea that there's someone in the basement, you're going to just want them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Unle to get away. Unless you're the kind of family that are very sort of religious or very community minded. And you take it as being, you know, you're there to help these people. Mm -hmm. You know, especially they might be refugees. Maybe they mm -hmm. came from Romania. Yeah. You know, Eastern Europe kind of thing. So you'd sort of think, yes, we're, we're happy to sort of take on board to help them because it's, that's what communities do. They help each other kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could even be a point of contention between the players. Of if you've got some of the players that are playing people that we want to help them out, we'll let them stay there. And someone's like, no, 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 we own the house. They're either paying us to stay here or they're leaving. And so your players could even be arguing over this. And then all of a sudden you've also got to deal with there's something inherently evil about this person, this family supposedly down there. That's getting to be a problem as well. And the moral of the story at the end can be, don't help anybody. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ever. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. Never That's trust. Right. It's, it's all it's, your fault. It's always the guys that are really kind and sweet and saying hi in the morning and not saying anything. That's mm -hmm. what you hear on the news. So if you ever meet a guy that's really kind and nice saying hi every morning, take him out. <laughs> there's so an we... old... Just to digress, there's an old, I think a very old Michael Moore when he did TV Nation or something like that. Mm. And um, they buy a house in a, 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 in a neighborhood in the States. They move the guy in by himself. He doesn't talk to anybody. He plays electric guitar really loud. Each night he's seen dragging a huge plastic bag in the shape of a body mm. into mm. the garden. He digs a pit, buries it covers it up then after about a month the police turn up you go around and re release to say to the neighbors oh you know this guy has been arrested he's like a serial killer and um with, for all the people i interviewed in the neighborhood the only thing they said was he played his electric guitar loud yeah <laughs> yeah the one that's thing the people latched on to that's the thing they remembered not the dragging the body in a bag out not burying it at midnight mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just the fact, so the perceptions, it's like, if you're buying it, if they're buying this property, what are the neighbors like? Mm -hmm. Do they know about it? Are they helpful? Do they not care? You've got that one Catholic neighbor that warns you not to buy it. And they're like, no, no, he's crazy. 
Turns out he's the only one that will help you. <laughs> so this is a dumb idea that would never happen. But in my mind, it's been brewing of what if there's like a connection of tunnels underneath these houses that connect to one another. So you have this community aspect that's going on. But that would be the reason why you never get this in in the mailing, so to speak about what house your players are buying that's why they've never seen oh there's a tenant that's attached in the basement because it's technically a separate dwelling place it's like going into old hotel rooms that used to have the the door in between Mm. that you you think you're safe on this side of it however you know you wake up one morning Mm. ready to go adventuring and there's a kid that's just standing in the middle of your (laughs) your lobby and you realize, oh, they have access to both, and there's a tunnel, and also <laughs> why? And so then it becomes not necessarily we want to evict, but we want to get rid of access to our mm-hmm. our place. And that could be something where, if we want to go back to what I said before, if there's a legality situation to it, it's not the legality of kicking out the people. It's the legality of, oh, this is a protected place. This may be, mm-hmm. you know, by... I'm sure you deal with this over in Europe. We deal with it here from time to time of it's, it's a protected, it's an, um, it's a historical property. We can't mess with the the foundations Mm. of it. And that includes that set of tunnels. And that way you get that idea of community that's almost forced upon you Mm. that your players are now dealing with. But then my question then becomes back to what you said, what's keeping them inside, what's keeping them isolated, that's preventing them from wanting to go out. I think we've got at least a couple of ideas we can probably work with if we want to go ahead and take a break. Um, I'll go through what I wrote down just to kind of summarize a little bit. So we've got a immortal, in quotes, child, whether they are actually a child, come back, or something that looks like a child. Mm -hmm. And this child needs a caretaker, someone to kind of keep them in line. We have a family that has bought this house with the idea that there are tenants um, in a different part of the building on the property. And these tenants, they don't know anything about, except they are just there and they don't pay rent. So that's not a whole lot, but I mean, it feels like a lot more than we usually get. (laughs) That seems like quite a lot, I think. Yeah, we usually, we try to hit maximum of six story points to lock in. More recently, we've only been hitting three. And I'm actually really content with the stories that come out of that. (laughs) Yeah, and we normally stick with D&D for scenarios, but for Halloween, because there's so many other good scenarios, I think work for horror. We're yeah. going to expand this. So if there's a different system you want to use, or if there's like an amalgamation of systems. So there's this can... great system out there that I've heard about. It's called the hateful place. I don't know if oh, you know I've, it. I've, I think I've heard about that. But I think it could be great for this. Oh, that could be good. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I'd say there's a roll table for a house in there somewhere, right? There you go. If there's not, there's about to be, I'm sure. Because yeah. yeah. for D&D, I mean, the only sort of, the only horror ones I particularly remember back in the first system was obviously Tomb of Horrors mm-hmm. and Ravenloft, and then the second Ravenloft module. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. So then, of course, they they span off and released their whole Ravenloft system. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, they were never kind of. I don't think they were ever particularly horror friendly. No. In the Gygax sort of era. Yeah, it was more about the wargaming side of it, and it's. If you have stats in front of you of this ghost has so many hit points and can be hit with these weapons, it's not really scary. So for D&D, it's hard to say this is terrifying. It's like, 
it's difficult when you know in theory if you're all high enough you can defeat it however with things yeah. like Cthulhu, with um a lot of the horror systems like dread and all of those it's a lot less of i understand and more of i don't understand it i know it can kill me and if i don't run i may not survive this encounter anyway so, <laughs> so it'll plug for my tiktok page i go over this on my tiktok page <laughs> that the instant that you really? show that gods can bleed is the instant that it no longer becomes scary for your players. You want that unknown. And attaching a, a hit point to mm -hmm. anything gives it the opportunity that like, oh, I can defeat it if I try hard enough. And then mm -hmm. it goes from being terrified to merely being overwhelmed. And that's just a very different level of stress and a very different feeling. Yeah, I think there's, um, you look at things like deities and demigods, the original version with the Cthulhu, <laughs> listings and um, the yep. Elric and Melnibane stuff and these were monsters that you know you could fight them for a thousand days and probably still never beat them because they're just how do you beat the devil yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know how do you pull that one off you you it's virtually impossible it's 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 like with the the third omen final conflict it's, mm -hmm. it's a great it's a great moment at the end when she sort of sticks in in the in the back with one of the the daggers and uh you know as jesus is rising and all the music sort of swelling mm -hmm. up and everything and he says was it Na you, nazarene you have won nothing and then just, and then drops dead and thinking, well, yeah clearly he has won yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> you son you son of satan <laughs> because you're yeah. dead now but to oh. actually sort of take on the devil himself as a monster is yeah how would you possibly achieve that yeah. in any kind of hit point system i don't think you can mm -hmm. yeah it's always the difference between defeating something and getting a victory because yeah. yes you can defeat evil in that moment but that greater evil is going to be still out there whatever world it's you're going to always be in. a bigger fish yeah that's right getting rid of it is normally what people do rather than killing it it's why mm -hmm. the exorcist has a happy ending the omen doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> We'll go ahead and just take a five-minute scribble break and see what everyone comes up with. I'm excited to see how dark and or comedic these end up being. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of wiggle room with these, and it's all about tone. <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to move away from comedy. I, I don't want it to be comedic, but there's so much mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, this feels like Taika Waititi, unfortunately Psych or fortunately. Psycho the comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, why has that not been a comedic remake of that? That would be right. interesting. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that would be with Jim Carrey as Norman Bates. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I just leave the mic running just for simplicity's sake. I'll just set a timer just so we're not getting too off track. And feel free I to change anything you want to. So, Marie, I hate to say mm -hmm. this, but this may end Cthulhu? up. No, not Call of Cthulhu. This may end up being the perfect dread game. And that's <laughs> unfortunate because I was talking about running the dread game this year. Oh. And I'm like, oh, this would be perfect for the family. But you will know about it. And I mean, that's I can, a problem. I can play a traitor if I need to. Hmm. <laughs> we shall see. That's what I'm actually excited about. I was trying to think of what system would this run really well? And it's like, oh, I know the perfect system. <laughs> I 
up to me on my shelf, but still, it's not Call of Cthulhu. Okay. (laughs) So obsessed with that game. I know. I'll play it one day. I haven't played it at all, actually, to be honest. Uh, I've run it a couple of times, and I've listened to some playthroughs of it. It's a lot of fun. The insanity mechanic is the best part. (laughs) Because as you lose sanity, you basically start saying things more and more. And you can go completely insane and still be in the game playing your character. Because I think with me, I, I read I read through quite a lot of systems when I was planning to do the hateful plays to make sure I wasn't kind of doubling up on other people's systems mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then I used to sort of, I used to run quite a lot of um, Lamentations of the Flame Princess games, but not for a while. And I think my problem has been that because of writing my own stuff, I, I very rarely get to play other people's stuff. I've got about five or six of the Morkborg or Merkborg uh, um, yeah. stuff, which looks which looks great, and I've I've got a load of the mother, loads of the Mothership books. Uh, I want to which, do Mothership at some point. It just Mothership reminds me of Traveller in so much. I loved Traveller, but it was so complicated, and Mothership looks really complicated to me. That's why I created the Hateful Place to be so simple that even mm-hmm. I could play it. Yeah. Um, that's my problem is that I don't get to play many other systems and I never really move beyond D&D, the first edition. Yeah, um, it's hard to actually jump into other games, especially especially now with trying to do either in-person stuff or online stuff organizing. It's just, it gets very complicated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like simple systems. I prefer sort of roll R O L E play to yeah roll R O double L. I'm not a big. You look at the previous versions of of Woofrup with like all of those dice, and you think this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's no wonder they changed it so now there's just two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love systems. I the ideas of certain systems, like what Alien has done with theirs. But whenever you get to the point of you have to buy these special dice to be able to play this specific game, that's that's too much. At that point, it's they've found out how to make microtransactions <laughs> in RPGs, and yep. I'm not about that life. I'm happy <laughs> with my D6s or my D20, and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I kept uh, the hateful place with just three dice because I just appreciate that you on was... that one. Thank you. <laughs> Dice manufacturers obviously don't like that because they want you to be buying as many dice as, as you possibly can. But I thought, yeah. you know, yeah, D20, D10, D6, that's fine. And I'm and I'm okay with, you know, some like Traveller, of course, was just two D6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm fine with that. That was a, that's a system. The, the original combat system for classic Traveller was one that I think I, I was greatly influenced by because it's just... It's it's how lethal it is, because that's life. Mm-hmm. It only it only takes one bullet to kill somebody. Yeah. The idea that you can take on some monster that's got let's let's say fifty hit points, and you can take it for forty nine, mm-hmm. and it's still going to be coming after you. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be bleeding to death. Yeah. And it's going, to lose, it's, it's going to lose that hit point literally by thinking about how badly injured it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea that it could then take you out with one hit point. No, that, that I don't buy into. That, mm-hmm. that I just don't. And that's just, 
that's just me. Call me old fashioned, but no, that that's one of my problems with those kind of systems. Yeah. The the heavier I, I enjoy GURPS. I've finally started running GURPS, but GURPS is another one of those systems that it is it is technical down to every last literal detail. And the only time that I enjoy that level of technicality is if I as the DM need to be able to use it to say, Hey, this is why this bad thing is yeah. happening to you. It's not my choice. It's the rules. <laughs> I may have led you into that situation, but oopsie. <laughs> that's about the, the rules. only time. Yeah, that's the only time. Yep. Does it blame the game, not the player? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's got nothing to do with me, folks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I used to run Lamentations games, I did everything I possibly could to help them. And there was one module, I can't remember what it is, but it was the classic kind of one that they were in the kind of the haunted house. They got out, fine. And then they decide, no, they're going to go back in. Yeah. And that's when they all died. <laughs> I've made those mm -hmm. choices before. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, there's an old Eddie Murphy sketch, isn't there, about you buy the, the haunted house one where they go in and say, oh, this is a beautiful house. It looks great. It's all fantastic. Got out of the house. Too bad we can't stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Casey, I'm going to make you go first. Well, okay then. <laughs> so I did say this was a dread game. When I realized that, mm -hmm. it actually streamlined some of the stuff that I was able to do. As is with a dread game, it's very loosey-goosey on some of the things that are going to have to happen to end this off. Uh, your players are going to be introduced as they have bought a new business or have inherited a new business, and the other players have been brought on as essentially confidants or assistants in building this business back up. Um, I figured this could take place really in any era. I don't, I don't know if it has to be back in medieval times. I think in my mind, it was somewhere like mid Victorian era in style, just so you get that, that Renaissance flair in there, but really this can work whenever. So your players have gotten this new business. They have been entrusted with it. They have been told that this business is dying off. And that these players are going to have to work to essentially rebuild this back to its former glory. That the owner that had it before them also picked up that business whenever it was dying off. And he managed to bring it back up full scale until he just reached an age where he no longer could keep it running. My assumption is that this business is making some sort of, depending upon the time period, health something or another is their goal, and the guy who ran this business essentially was a physician, the type of physician that would make house calls. In this old Victorian mansion that these players are moving into used to be the CEO's or the owner's residence, and as they move in, they start to find bizarre things in the home that just don't really need to be there. But as they move through, they also discover that there is a system of tunnels, Going into the system of tunnels, they very, very easily can get lost because it's essentially just a maze. The first couple times your players go in there, they probably are going to come out in either the factory that is directly connected to this house, so where this medicine, whatever it is, pharmaceutical is being created, or they will come out into one of the houses of the nearby villagers that live in this place. And when they ask the villagers about it, they will be told that these tunnels were never really used until the former owner got old. And getting old, 
he still attempted to make house calls and this was the easiest way to do it. He knew that he could go into his tunnels, get to the house without having to deal with traffic or any weather outside. So people just got used to expecting the knock on the door in their basement to be able to see the doctor should they need him. As your players continue working through, they will also begin to have random nightmares that pop up. Each one of them will experience it, and you as the DM are going to get to decide who has it worse, who has it lighter, but all of them will start to have nightmares building up from just the standard, this is terrifying, all the way up to night terrors where they'll be waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a figure at the end of their bed, and they do not have the ability to move. For your players to survive this, I'll give you the end and then I'll give you the what's going on. (laughs) For your players to survive this, they are either going to have to decide to leave, which for your characters, there's one of two things that's going to be keeping them there. Either the fact that they have invested all of their money, so leaving means that they're going to be leaving bankrupt with nothing, or there's a familial connection to the prior owner, something that... You know, it was my uncle or my great grandfather who owned this business, and I need to build it back up to its former glory because familial connections, and I'll be a pariah in my family if I can't manage it. So these are the things that are keeping your players there. So either they will have to leave, or they will have to find their way through the catacombs to the hidden lab. This lab is what ties everything all together. So way back when there was a alchemist who figured out how to separate his body from his spirit. And within this lab are the secrets to doing so, as well as the secrets to ending whatever spirit that is existing. For you see, the nightmares are being caused by the ghost that currently inhabits this entire village at this point. This ghost needs some kind of physical mortal plane tie, and every owner that has owned this business prior to now has actually been one of the possessed that this ghost has taken over the body and used it until Mm -hmm. that body no longer can function at that point he has a certain amount of time before his spirit dwindles away and he needs to decide who is going to work best for him to possess and carry the business on into the quote-unquote next generation so your player that has a familial connection to this guy wasn't technically family with that guy because he wasn't there any longer anyways. Kind of like the strange cases, Charles Dexter Ward, the idea of becoming the next generation just because you're in line. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I like that. So yeah, I could play in that, and then I just become possessed, and my personality changes. <laughs> we'll see. I might what shift and got, change some what things if, around. What if, you got, what if you got possessed and your personality didn't change? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that could be why the ghost is watching you. That would be a real worry, actually. Yeah. It's like I got possessed by the devil and I didn't change at all. It's it's that old adage I've heard from DMs. If if you want to make your players paranoid, send them a text message mid-game and says, oh, you are not the doppelganger. And send that to everybody. Yeah. There used to be, I think it was called um, something like the Assassin's Handbook or something like that. Mm. And it, it was like a... It was a box, and there was loads of blank letters, basically, or preset letters. And the best one was a, a letter that you would send to someone, and it was completely blank, apart from typed in the middle. It just said, "They know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. That I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but no, yeah, I like that idea. That that sort of, it's a bit like the ancient mariner, isn't it? You get told this story, and once you've heard it, you are the one that now must carry on this story. Mm -hmm. You are cursed <laughs> to forever walk the earth to repeat this particular story to sort of sailors, and you have ownership mm -hmm. of the house, and it's it's the gift that never never stops taking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a line that struck me as I was typing it up of the, I must continue my father's work. Well, what if the father is the one who's always stuck around? Mm -hmm. So it, it is always his work, but nobody else knows that that's what's actually going on. That, that, and then a little bit of a, a movie I watched recently kind of tied those two together. And I was like, okay, I can create something out of this. Mm -hmm. I, I can make these work. Yeah, very nice. Oh. Dave, would you like to go next or you want to go last? Uh, no, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. I'll, because it's Halloween, obviously it's sort of, it, it's, there's, there was two kind of ideas I had actually, but it's about sort of keeping that sort of almost like ghostly kind of aspect. But it reminded me quickly to begin with, there was, everyone had a teacher at school who would kind of tell them horror stories. I don't know if you did, but we would have it on a Friday afternoon. I was a geography teacher called Mr. Hone. And he would tell us if we'd got half hour to spare, we'd finished it. He'd tell us these kind of ghost stories and what they're all kind of apocryphal. And it includes the one with the, the boyfriend and the girlfriend driving through the middle of nowhere. And, he gets out and it's the banging on the rooftop. Yeah. And it's the it's the it's the murderer with the, the boyfriend's head. That mm -hmm. one. Yeah. So that was and when you're eleven years old, that's a very scary story to <laughs> yeah. be told. Oh, You'd yeah. never be allowed to tell that now, to be honest. <laughs> um but the other one was about a couple that sort of you know, and it's always a case that there was this couple I knew and they moved to the Republic of Ireland in the middle and uh, bought this property which they didn't think they could afford. And it's actually really cheap on the market. So they buy it, but the estate agent pre-warns them and says it's haunted. And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. So <laughs> he's off work and they, they're working on it together for the first two weeks. Then she goes, he goes back to work. So it's just her. And over the course of the day, she starts hearing all these strange things and it creeps her out so much that she locks all the doors. Anyway, he gets, husband gets back from work and he, she, she tells him about it and she's really scared. He says, listen, just and he takes her around, shows her, and everything's fine. And then they go to bed at the end of the night and they pull back the bed sheets and there's thousands of toenail clippings. Oh. oh. And they move out the same night. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what you do when that happens. Oh. Yeah, that's right. You don't think to yourself, toenail clippings, that's okay. I'll change the bed, honey. Um, and that's the kind of level I think certain ghost stories need to operate at. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's not bloodthirsty there's just something so unpleasant that you just wouldn't kind of so i was thinking about i'd actually had two ideas one was comedic and one was serious but the serious one was like the, the person in the basement is is a mother and this was the family home and this was where she lived with all the children and she's become so connected to it that of course she's never moved out the, the father is dead the kids have apparently moved away and the couple that have bought this house, the intention is to do it up and to sell it and to make a profit. So that means going and fixing each room in turn, because it's an old house and it's, it's run down. But the problem is, is that each room that you operate in is very different in kind of mood or spirit to all the other rooms. So every room has its own particular almost like identity mm -hmm. 
And over the course of the game, you come to understand, if you look properly, if you look in the right places, that each room belonged to one of the children. So the, each room has the personality of the child that existed. But if you investigate further, you will come to understand that each room still contains the body of that child. Oh. And that the mother couldn't stand the idea of the kids growing up and moving away. So she kills them all, buries them in each room. And your problem is that you come now to discover the truth of the house, that the person in the basement is the person that you need to fear. And she's become so connected to you as well that you can't, she can't have you leave. <laughs> that's legit codependency right there <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's right yeah so that i was... like that so imagine just almost walk in a room and you just you see, you see a kid in the corner of your eyes they're like no they're, they're no kids she's like oh no my, my, my kids have all moved on they, they they've moved on oh <laughs> <laughs> she's not uh -huh. lying <laughs> but yeah just even oh. at the end if your players are struggling you could have it be where the kids have come back to help potentially so you have all these you know, all of our children and spirit are helping you to try to escape. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely right. It's like, why would they be on her side? She's the one that did this to them. It's very much in the world of The Shining. Because, yeah. of course, yeah. the twins are there to help. Yeah. They're not there to trap <laughs> the family. They're there to say to yeah. Danny, this is what happened to us. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be... <laughs> Again, anything that involves children is kind mm -hmm. of. But the other quick idea I had was a comedic one, was the idea if you move in and it's on a coastal, like Massachusetts area, and mm -hmm. the person in the basement's a pirate <laughs> who's been digging a hole for about 100 years because he's absolutely convinced that that's where the treasure was. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. he's in the wrong house. Mm -hmm. It's the house <laughs> next door. <laughs> So you have this old pirate that may or may not be a ghost. Just you can't. He the house is built up around him, basically. That's right. He wants your help <laughs> to find the treasure, but it's you, you would eventually, by your investigation, realize actually he's in the wrong house. Yeah, but how yeah. do you convince him of that so he doesn't think you're going to steal it when he leaves? That's the question. How do you look? How, yeah. how do you, you can't argue with an idiot? <laughs> yep. I like both of those. Man, the kid one is that also. Depending upon the players you have, they say, "Yeah, we're going to be this couple moves into this house." Okay, how do you feel about kids? Well, maybe like, and I can just imagine the one player like, "Well, what if I was like pregnant? Would that be okay?" Yep. Immediately makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's a really tough one because it's that's almost like sort of you know maybe is that is that too close to real life? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like sort of. You know, people that would try and bring politics into it, and you've got to say no. Yeah. yeah. You, you know. got to know your players real well to go, okay, maybe here's like, here's where you can be okay with it. Anything further than that, like, kind of pull back. But like, yeah. I can just like one player that's like, I'm going to throw this one thing is like, makes it a little bit too intense, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit too much. <laughs> it is, especially if you're kind of, you're in a horror scenario. Mm -hmm. Now, Pregnancy and horror is never a pretty thing. Oh, no. no You've no, got no. things like what the legacy or the brood or mm -hmm. Rosemary's, Rosemary's baby, baby, of course. Mm -hmm. It's yep. never it's never a happy ending. Yeah. The omen, of course. It's all for you, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a new nanny. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are some players out there. They're like, yeah, we're fine with it. I'm like, it's definitely there to remind people, especially with horror games, know your players. Yeah. Know what the limits are for you as a GM, for your players, as characters, yeah. and just just to make sure, especially with kids involved, because we've created yeah. an entire scenario potentially with kids. <laughs> so always double check with players. For those that are okay with it, they may start off being okay with it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. whether they're okay with it by the end of the game, mm-hmm. that's a different question. Yeah. It's not, I, I would be very cautious about running a game, I think, that had that kind of circumstances involved if some if, mm-hmm. if a character wanted to to be pregnant it's like well you <laughs> if you're okay with the knowledge that you're going to give birth to some sort of demon <laughs> yeah then that hey that's fine let's 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 start rolling the dice but if you're sensitive to those kind of things mm-hmm. yeah yeah keep it light yeah <laughs> Maybe have, turn it into a comedy See, I think one of the things that I would do, because I love the first one that you gave that was more serious. I think one twist that I would potentially put hey, on it. could be more serious than a pirate digging in the wrong house for treasure? Come on. I mean, I mean, you know, it depends upon how vengeful that pirate is. Like that's, that's the, as sidetracking myself. That's the thing that I always go back to whenever it comes to horror. It's never the situation. It's never the prompt that you've given. It's never any, it's always the tone. Once you hit that table, how serious or goofy you make the characters in that Absolutely. game is going to define yeah. how horrifying or stressful that game is moving mm-hmm. forward. And even if you don't, as the DM, you can tell from your players because your players will start cracking jokes because mm-hmm. they need that release <laughs> of tension. But um, one of the things that I think I might do with your game is almost make the mother a, a manipulated that there is one of the children within this group that is a ghost but did not want to be a lone ghost and Mm. so you've got this mother figure in the basement who sees this as the way of keeping her family together but has been essentially manipulated into believing this by one of her dead children Mm. so any other one that comes into the house because what that introduces as a dynamic is you don't want to trust the mother because the mother as a, a parental figure we automatically tend to trust the adult over the children if you have kids involved yeah yeah and on top of that that then makes it where if you don't want to trust the mom and you want to trust the kid ghosts then you have this one potential little like snag that you might run into (laughs) where one of these ghosts is going to be quote-unquote helping you Mm -hmm. yeah i like that but anyways all right marie (laughs) mine is definitely a different take on (laughs) y'all's so i went with the little fears approach which Little Fierce is an RPG where you play as kids. So I decide all the players that are going to be kids in this one family. So your family moves into this colonial house, and you're told that there's a servant's quarter, so that's kind of the basement area of the house, and you're not supposed to go there because that's where attendants live. So we have people that live on the house with us. They live in that side, though. You can't, can't go there. Don't bother them. Now, once you've moved in, it's a nice big house. The kids get to pick out their rooms. Everything's great. While playing outside one day, though, they meet Ophelia, who is the daughter of the tenants that live in the house with you. Ophelia is very pale, and she's afraid of water, but otherwise she seems like a normal, nice child. Um, For a time period, this would probably be early 1900s, I imagine, just as far as setting goes. Because it also means you don't have technology, you don't have any of that to mess with. 
but so you know she talks a little bit old-fashioned but it's 1900s everyone does as kids though you find out that your parents are trying to evict this family that lives on the property with you they find out the only way to do so because the tents have essentially been grandfathered in is they need reasonable cause to get rid of them so they have to find some reason that these tenants can't live here ophelia will tell your kids or your players that she and her family don't want to leave she loves it here this is where she grew up and you know can you help us out so of course parents are going to listen to the kids because they're kids so ophelia will then tell your players that they need to stop trying to evict us because otherwise my dad will get really mad again as kids no one's gonna listen to you right They're like don't play with her leave her alone we need to get rid of them don't don't bother now the kids will wake up one night to the parents screaming if any of the kids go into the room where their parents are, they will see these ghost hands under the bed basically attacking their parents. Ooh. The nice thing with Little Fears is the adults don't see anything. Because in yeah. Little Fears, the point of the game is, as kids, you have imagination enough to understand ghosts are real. All the monsters under your bed, all the creepy things happen are real. As adults, though, you forget that. You don't and have the same belief. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a weird thing that happened in childhood. I was traumatized, whatever, move on. So the adults don't see any of this in the same way the kids do. The kids are seeing what's actually happening. The adults just think someone broke in and messed with them. So, okay, we need to get rid of the tenants. As they're trying to get rid of them still, they still can't find cause. It's a weird thing that happened. Now they're having problems with their water. Specifically, the house will randomly flood. Water lines will burst. The pipes turn on and off. Um, there's, of course, a creepy bathtub. You can have a scene there if you want to. If anyone tries to go to a servant's quarters to confront the tenants that live there, they will find two things. They find a flooded room, and there's just standing water there all the time. Probably, I would say, at least a good foot deep, just standing water. They also find three drowned bodies of the family that was living in the servant's quarters decades before when a flood came through. They were unfortunately unable to get out, so they, being in the servant's quarters, were not rescued, and they drowned. So Ophelia is the ghost of that family, that she is a daughter, that she still lives there, still her house where she grew up, and so she's just stuck around. So the kids do see Ophelia as a ghost. The parents don't. They just say, oh, we got bodies here. We got to get rid of them. But if they try to get rid of the bodies, Ophelia is one who's controlling everything. She gets mad, and she will try to actually drown anyone she can. Um, that's why I picked the name Ophelia from Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the wa- you have the water drowning. It's like, yeah, that works. But she'll actually try to drown the parents if they try to remove the bodies, if they try to evict her, anything like that. And if you do manage to convince the parents there's a ghost, they can try other means, but that's still going to risk her wrath. And because she's a ghost, she's a lot more powerful. If the parents say, okay, she can stay as long as she stays on her side, there's a piece. Ophelia doesn't really care about the house. She's okay in her little corner. She might occasionally play with the kids, but now the kids know what she is, that may be awkward for them. I would say there technically is a way of getting rid of her if you know anyone that can, like, you know, kick out a ghost. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But especially as kids, it's going to be hard to convince your parents that that's actually what's going on. So (laughs) do, do things, one specific to the system, there usually is a way to to get rid of the creature as long as you satisfy what is that creature wants. So you would just have to decide from the get-go, what is it that Ophelia wants? Mm-hmm. And if that's satisfied, then she'll go away forever, whatever that thing is. The The second thing, this reminds me a lot, and that this is not a bad thing. This <laughs> reminds me a lot of the movie Dark Water, 
essentially it's the the same kind of concept that you have this mother and daughter who move into apartment and they start having like flooding that happens in their apartment and they start seeing a ghost wandering around mm-hmm. that's of a little girl and it all boils down to the fact that there was a kid that was playing around on the roof of this apartment complex decades ago mm-hmm. fell into the water tower at the mm-hmm. top of it and couldn't get out and drowned and that little girl has been haunting this complex because she wants people to find her body and put her at rest mm. gotcha yeah drowning in horror films in general anything with water gets kind of creepy because yeah. it's kind of that unknown aspect in this aspect like i even think like what is it um freddie whenever he the kids are dreaming is like the hand coming out of the tub oh yeah so there are a lot of scenes that deal with water so water is a very creepy thing in general especially if it's just everywhere so i think that the, the concept of being found there's a sort of classic well it's a cult movie from the early 70s called soul survivor s-o-l-e survivor and it's based on the i think the the mary be good the american plane in world war ii that was on a libyan mission and it it thought it was over the sea and it wasn't it was over the desert mm. and it was it had been shot and everyone bailed out and it wasn't until I think the sixties that suddenly they found the wreckage of the plane, mm-hmm. and then it was about trying to find the bodies, and they found most of them, but it was the tail gunner that had the tail had been disconnected, so it was far away. But in the film, you see the 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 crew by the wreckage, and they're it's been investigated, and there's an American Air Force team over investigating it. And the crew are kind of there and they think, you know, they've come to get them. It's not. They're all dead. And it's years later. And it's the realisation that they're dead. And once the bodies are found, they're free. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic, fantastic concept. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the idea of sort of the that the body is never at peace truly until it's, it's been found. But also I think yours, it, it ties into that great idea, of course, of as children, every child seems to have this best friend, this special mm-hmm. friend <laughs> that no one else can see. Yeah. Except maybe your dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and you think to yourself eventually, is it as stupid as the parents say, or was there actually, this friend be they a ghost or or spirit or an angel or whatever kind of thing and nine times out of ten this kind of special friend is there to protect you well what about actually if it's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean if you ever have a kid called ophelia the first thing you need to do is teach <laughs> to swim yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like i would you know i don't know anyone that want to call their kid that but yeah it's like is is the friend going to be nice is the friend going to be mm-hmm. not nice is that special friend going to want you to join with it forever because mm-hmm. then you can be together forever mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's the thing i love too with trying to put the idea of you know kids only know what they know so if a ghost dies as a child that goes isn't going to wander the earth because that child only knows their room. They know their space. They know their house. That's all they know. So they don't have these grand notions of taking over something. They just want kind of, this is my toy. I just want to keep it. And what happens when you try to take that away from them? Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it with our nephews, if you take something away from them, they get very upset. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You take a toy away. 
but also it's the fact that the way that sort of young children connect as a i did a documentary a few years back in a one of the most haunted houses in britain there's, there's every other house is the most haunted house <laughs> oh yeah kind of thing, you know I mean? um and there's a young child and she died um in the middle ages and the reason for her death she'd become sick and had gone into a kind of a coma and the doctor was cutting her open and she was still alive mm. and that's what killed her yeah so those that have seen her and I, I, I interacted with this kind of you know jewel uh, crystal at the end of a chain kind of thing but two a, a, a daughter and father had kind of connected with her previously and she followed them home and would play with the ball in the house and all this kind of stuff and it wasn't until they had to kind of go back to sort of return a kind of thing but that's the kind of a, a worrying kind of spirit because again it's a child and children fundamentally lost children orphans mm -hmm. are only looking for one thing family yeah someone to connect with and to stay with forever well if that's a spirit or a ghost that's a concern especially if they've died in a hor horrible circumstances yeah that tr that trauma they're going to bring with them mm -hmm. oh yeah even if they don't intend it to because they just can't understand exactly and they're going to share it and that's yeah. not what you want you don't want them to share no <laughs> <laughs> sharing is not always caring unfortunately yep. <laughs> no that's right a friend Man. in need sometimes can be just a complete nuisance <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. well we're gonna go ahead and leave that episode of our spooky maybe or maybe not haunted halloween house <laughs> depending upon how you want to go with it Dave, thank you again for coming on. It was a blast having you and your uh, horror occult knowledge. <laughs> thank you so much. And I mean, to both of you and to everybody listening, happy Halloween for this year. I hope it's a great one. <laughs> um, Dave, do you have anything online to pitch? I know we've got The Hateful Place and you've got, I think, one more release coming out for that. Uh, there's a new new book just come out. Uh, it's called Wartsborn's Dead Roses. It's set in the 1600s. It's set the year after the death of the Witchfinder General Matthew Hopkins. Uh, it's a folk horror. It's uh, basically you turning up in a small village and being told by the local villagers that a particular girl is a witch. She claims she isn't. Can you convince them that she isn't? And what problems are going to face you if you do get her off? It's mm. uh, very much if you're a fan of films like the the trilogy of uh, The Wicker Man, uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, and, um, well, anything really like sort of uh, <laughs> The Witch Finder General, of course, mm -hmm. or The Witch. So if you like all those kind of things, uh, that's what it is. And that's just come out. And that's uh, on in PDF on Drive-Thru RPG. And it's in print, color, color now, and glossy pages lots of art looks lovely and that's on lulu.com at a nice price for uh, 2022 yep and it, is, it has a lot of fun tables as well so um i love the copy you said as well. i was reading there like this looks looks so nice like i need i need a color copy of this now <laughs> yeah absolutely it does look nice yeah. it does look really nice actually mm -hmm. it's so, it's, it looks almost so nice you don't want to play it <laughs> mm -hmm. oh that's the point of it toys have to be played with <laughs> absolutely yeah toys have to be played they're not like these collectors that kind of buy something and you sort of said oh yeah i had that as a kid and if i hadn't have opened the box now it would be worth thousands of dollars mm -hmm. it's like yeah you don't think that as a child you don't think no, oh, no. I'm, 
I'm just going to leave it on this shelf until I'm old and grey and uh, see what it's worth. No, it's like, get it out, play with it. I hate to break it to you. I was related to one of those people. <laughs> my oldest yeah. brother is that way with McDonald's toys. He had a, a literal tub full of McDonald's toys from age like 8 until 18 when he moved out that he took with him. And he's like, oh, these are going to be worth something someday. You, you don't sell those. <laughs> We and are of that generation. He was yeah. right. He was right. Again, thank you, Dave, so much for coming on. Uh, happy Halloween to everyone. If you enjoy spooky stories, we should have one more Halloween episode coming out this month. So be sure to check out that. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. See you now. Bye. I've only just noticed there's a, a red button in the top left hand of my screen that says record should i push that no that's just showing that this is being recorded currently oh okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, anytime i record with a different system like hey what's the, what's the functions like okay i have a stop recording button which means we're currently recording <laughs> it's like hey captain there's an iceberg over there you go ah we're, we're, we're gonna miss it by miles don't worry <laughs> it's fine that's right that's okay it's, it's only small hello Bob Spudsy here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension, full, truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>